Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At Kroger, everyone wins when it comes to saving big. Because when you order online through the Kroger app, you get the same great prices, deals, and rewards on pickup or delivery that you do in-store with no hidden fees or markups. Best of all, you'll know when items in your cart have a coupon, so you never miss a deal. So whether you're a delivery lover, picker-upper, or you shop in-store, no matter how you shop, you'll always save big at Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first, it's over! 27 years of waiting have come to an end! The Giants have won the pennant! Brad, it is Giants-Dodgers week. Yes. Now, I saw the Dodgers box scores over the last three games. Yeah, L L L, the the Beautiful. L in, in in LA stood for lost. Uh, last <laughs> lost weekend. again. Is that good or is that bad? I sort of feel like that's bad because I think they're kind of mad right now. They're like, oh my gosh, the Diamondbacks took three out of four. Now we got to go into San Francisco. I kind of feel like they're yeah. angry right now. Yeah, they big brothered us last year, man. So yeah. they're they're going they're coming into Oracle this week with memories of last year and uh, they got their dukes up and they've got, they're ready to pin us down and do the loogie in the face and, <laughs> you know, wedgie and, and uh, give some noogies. I mean, they're, they're, they're ready. Um, so yeah, it, it could be a bad thing, but this early in the season, right? Giants are, what are we four and five Dodgers are Dodgers five and five. are five and five. So, I mean, this is measuring stick week right this is measuring stick series we've got the dodgers then we go then we go to detroit after that or some weird nonsense or detroit comes in i don't remember exactly but i'm trying not to look past the dodgers but this is absolutely measuring stick i mean last year you get into a situation where the giants and dodgers could play in august giants are stinking it up dodgers are playing really well there's no measuring stick there you can go in and sweep the dodgers it doesn't mean anything yeah if you can sweep the dodgers or take this series this early in the season you're making a statement um you're putting your best foot forward you're jumping over them in the standings this early in the season and it and that's exactly what you want so uh, but yeah they're pissed man they're not happy <laughs> losing at, you know and they lost at home right to the diamondbacks this is that, not, I, I didn't i didn't check if it was home or away but yeah i, I believe I it was home so i had a buddy on uh on one of my wrestling shows and he's a dodger fan and he oh. wore his Dodgers hat, you know, on the show. And we kind of had fun about that. But he was kind of disappointed. And this is before they lost the the other two games in the series. Uh, you know, maybe they had maybe Friday hadn't happened yet. But basically they were I think they were like five and three or something like that. Uh, or or uh, five and two. Or, and, and I was like, yeah, you guys are fine. And he's like, ah. I don't like the way they're playing. And then they went out and lost three in a row. So yeah, well, there you go. I mean, he there knows his go. team. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it, I think 
very early in the season. See the difference in this season than previous seasons. And we, we talked about this in the off season is they just don't play each other as much as they have in the past. So you can look at it one of two ways. You can say, well, this is an opportunity to take some games from them because you don't have that many and you don't, obviously you don't have as many home games. So you want to take as many, especially at home from them. Or the other thing is like, you know, how much of this does it really matter in the long run? Cause we're going to be playing so many more uh, teams outside of the division. And these guys are, you know, they're going to be one of the, the, the best teams in, in, in all of baseball is, is my guess because yeah. Now, this is kind of what's happened in basketball a little bit where you can beat up on some of the bad teams and have a pretty decent record and lose to the good teams because sometimes there's more bad teams than there are good teams. You can clean up on those teams, and then when you face the good teams, you can lose it and still have a pretty decent record. And I wonder if we're going to see that now. We probably won't have enough data you know, for another 10 years when the Eno Saracis of the world just, you know, look at that. Right. And they're like, Oh, you know, the, the, the teams, you know, what, what we're, what we may see is the NFL thing, which is like, everybody is at 500, right. Because yeah. of this, this unbalanced schedule, who knows, maybe it won't be like that, but I'm intrigued because one, we won't get to see the Dodgers that much this year. And to some right. Giants fans, that might be a good thing because, like you said, they had our number last year. Year before, we played them really well, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're a draw, right? They're they're not coming to Oracle as many times this year, and that probably sucks for the uh, the team when it comes to actually t- actual tickets sold. But then again, that also means we won't see as many Dodger fans at the ballpark as we've seen yeah. over the last few years, which is. Which is good. I'm fine with that. But yeah, I mean, this is this is a three-game series. They play each other 13 times this year. That's the balanced schedule. You play everybody in the West 13 times. So this is one quarter of the games that we're going to play against the Dodgers in the entire season. And then we play them again, I think, in a couple of weeks for three or four more games. And then pretty much half of the time we play the Dodgers, the rest of the season is going to be over. And we don't see them again until like August, I think. Yeah. Uh, maybe you're July, maybe July, but, and you're right. It, it is Detroit after this. And then we head to Florida or we head to Miami to play the Marlins. D- Detroit coming here. Detroit. Coming no, to I us? think they're going to Detroit. Okay. Which yeah. is odd because they were just in Chicago yeah. and they were just in New York and then they come home yeah. and then they go back out there again. So yeah. Funky homestand Royals Dodgers. And then Tigers Marlins road trip, and then back for Mets Cardinals. Like it's like two series, go back on the road. Two series, come back home. Two series, go back on the road. So yeah, there's there's, there's no long uh long, long home or road uh trips in uh in April. And I don't. I, it sort of looks like that uh, all the way through May as well. Like no longer than two series is being on the road or at home. Yeah, and and like you said, too, going back to what you said about um, how much do these games really matter in the standings? Because we talk about the NFL, and and coaches talk about that all the time. 
when you play a division game, it's like playing two games because if you beat that team, you've got a tiebreaker all of a sudden. So that's important. But baseball, you don't have that. There's no yeah. tiebreaker when it yeah. comes to head-to-head. Um, so on paper, eh, it doesn't mean a whole lot. I mean, the Giants lose two out of three. They're you know still close to the Dodgers, still not far off from the top. But it means a lot when you talk about uh, momentum, when you talk about mentality, when you talk about the clubhouse, all of that, if you can take two out of three or even sweep the Dodgers, even this early in the season, when the Dodgers are reeling from that Diamondback series, that means a lot to the players in the Giants clubhouse. And it's going to hurt the Dodgers in their clubhouse a lot more. Um, they're going to start second guessing. They're going to start thinking about who are we, what type of team we are. Justin Turner's gone. And the uh, fans, Trey, the fans will just be frustrated. And that's what we love. Exactly. <laughs> Trey Turner's gone. So they're going to sit there and go, who are we? What are we yeah. doing here? Gavin Lux so the Giants, hurt, right? Gavin Lux hurt. So the Giants have, have a chance to really kind of stomp on the Dodgers when they're down. Um, uh, you know, it's it's going to be a fun series. I'm already nervous about it. <laughs> April, we are, we are play. It is going to happen in about an hour from now. Uh, before yeah. as we're recording, we'll be done basically by the time the game starts. But so for those listening to this on the podcast, we will not have the uh, the the result uh, of game one. But I will be pro. I'll probably be back doing a BSPN news. Um, probably I'm, I'm going to guess Thursday morning. So after the series is over, I'll probably do a BSPN news and kind of recap the series. And then Brian will be back on uh, Thursday night, Friday morning. He's back from Spain. He said that he doesn't have any jet lag because he, on the flight back from Spain, he decided to stay up the entire time and didn't go to oh. sleep. So when he got home late last night, then he just crashed like normal. And now he's, feeling fine so i wow all right well, hey good for him i go to hawaii and i come back and I jet lag <laughs> for like three weeks man so I don't, I don't know how he did it well his youth he's, yeah. he's got he's youth. youth he's a young yeah. kid so yeah he'll he'll uh he and i will be back with the death lineup uh probably thursday which is interesting because now you you haven't been an nba fan at least following uh in, a, in quite a long time I know your affinity for the Dominique Wilkins-led Atlanta Hawks from back in the day. And and anything Chris Webber, anything Chris Webber touched, I was a big fan. So so even even one of these, you're a big fan of the Uh, Well, when he touched two hands together, (laughs) I did not like that a whole lot. (laughs) Uh, So what I was going to say is they have this thing in the NBA where only the top six teams are playoff bound. If you if you finish seven through ten, you do what is called the play-in. And I so you have that. this mini tournament for the last two spots in the playoffs. So all of these games are going to happen Tuesday and Wednesday for the first round. So Brian and I will have some recaps of the first round. We'll set up Kings and Warriors, the first ever Sacramento Kings, Golden State Warriors playoff series. And uh, we'll, we'll do all that on Thursday. So just wanted to mention that in case people are kind of wondering when we're going to come back with the death lineup. But let, let's st- yeah. let's stick on Giants here. What, what were you going to say? I'm just curious. So so every team basically makes the playoffs, right? Seven through ten. Is there more than ten teams? Yeah, there's in, in thirty. The- I think there's thirty teams in the NBA. Oh, oh, okay, okay. So there are teams that have to sit it out. Okay, yeah, I, I'm yeah. fine with that then. 
I was going to have a problem with <laughs> every team. <laughs> so uh, shout out to uh, to Big Leo hanging out. He he's calling Warriors in six, which uh, hey, nice from from your mouth to uh, God's ears, my friend. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so let's get back to some Giants. I wanted to go over kind of the latest latest of what is going on with the team here. And earlier today, they DFA'd Austin wins. And they reactivated Joey Bart from the DL. And so this is a crazy scenario for them because a couple of days ago, Roberto Perez, who we thought was going to be the backup catcher and actually opening week was the starter. He makes a throw down to second and he grabbed his shoulder like I used to do in my semi-pro games when I had thrown too many pitches. Just yeah. like, oh, I, it, it, it just means there's just nothing left. Awful. And so we were wondering in our Discord, what, what is the move? Because they had to move quickly. They, it was either Roberto Perez or Blake Sable. They didn't have another catcher on the roster. And Blake K- Sable only really counts as like a third of a catcher to me. I, I know I'm a little tough on him, but he, you know, he doesn't have very many reps behind the dish and you can no. sort of tell, you know, just by the way he, he handles stuff. And so the, the thought was, is what do they do? Do they, they don't have room on the 60 or on the 40 man, unless they put Perez on the 60 day DL, then that frees up a 40 man roster spot. And that's exactly what they did. They had to act quickly and they brought up wins. And what did he play? Two games? What was he on? How many games did he even play? No, no he. I think he came up. Yeah, so he came up Saturday, and then he was there uh, yesterday, Sunday. Also, I don't even know honestly how many at bats he got. I um, I watched pretty much all the games Saturday, and then Sunday I watched all of it. But I had to hop in the car and listen to the last uh, inning and a half on the road. But yeah, I honestly don't even remember him getting any ABs. I think there was the screw up on um, uh, was it yesterday? He had I think two, it was yesterday. He had two at bats. Okay. And here's why maybe he got DFA'd. Two at bats, two strikeouts. <laughs> nah, I mean, so he probably figures. I think they probably figure Bart can do that. Yeah. So <laughs> so let's bring him up because he's a better catcher. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit better defense. So. So what? So what was this Joey Bart injury then? Was it just a nah? We need to we need to kind of fudge the injury report here to try some things yeah. out because it, 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 another uh, in the Discord I was cracking up because <laughs> uh, so you know we you know we have fun in the Discord and oh, yeah. uh, and and Lumi said Bart's serious back injury is miraculously <laughs> healed question mark emoji face and i I was cracking up because it's exactly what i thought right which is he wasn't really maybe he was a little like me you know maybe there's something going on but it couldn't have been that big of a deal for them to just reverse 180 all of their what their plans were once perez got hurt and then that that makes me wonder uh how far along are we until or how far until Gary Sanchez comes up and then we got to do this thing again where we create room for him. Right. Yeah. And I think, so here's the thing. I I love Blake Sable. I'm I'm a big Blake Sable fan. I think you can make room for three catchers in that situation because Sable is also an outfielder. So, and, and, 
and you need that left-handed bat. It's always good to have a left-handed bat. Um, so you've got you've got Sable who can catch, and I think he's doing an admirable job. I, I don't think he's obviously not an all-star catcher. He's not a gold glove catcher, but I think he's doing a good enough job back there um, where he doesn't necessarily lose his job yet. Because remember, he's a Rule 5 guy. So yep. if if he loses his job and they've got to send him down, he goes back to Pittsburgh, even though we – Cincinnati, the whole thing is screwed up. I had to look up the rules today because I was thinking if since he was traded. So, so what happened is Pittsburgh put him, didn't, didn't protect him in the rule five draft on the yes. 40 man. Cincinnati selected him in the rule five draft and then traded him to the giants. That doesn't lose his rule five pick designation. And I thought, well, maybe that strips the designation, uh, but it does not. So under the rules, if the giants, do release him, he goes all the way back to Pittsburgh. Right. So he he doesn't even go to Cincinnati, even though Cincinnati picked him. He just bounces all the way back to Pittsburgh. Um, and then what does Pittsburgh do at that point? Are they going to DFA him? And then, you know, he'll go through waivers and the Giants will pick him back up. I, I don't know how all that's going to play out. Um, but I don't know if the Giants really want to risk that at this point. He's, he's a good combination uh, of, you know, he's got some pop. He's got a little bit of power, and he's got speed. He's he's a pretty quick guy, and he seems to have some really good baseball instincts. Um, I would hate to see the Giants DFA him. I mean, they DFA'd wins, so they're getting a little thin on catcher as yeah. it is. So I think they're going to really try to play out this Sable card as long as they possibly can, uh, at least a couple more months. And if he improves greatly, well, then you've got an outfielder slash catcher, um, and, you know, that's a, a BGO type like that is, is, you know, that's, that's pretty, pretty desired. So I don't know if the giants are going to want to hand him back, do all this work with him and then hand him back to Pittsburgh. Okay. I, I understand the predicament for sure, but here's my question. Theoretically, don't the giants already have Blake Sable. If you take away the catcher piece of it and his name is Jock Peterson. No, I, I I don't think so, um, because Blake Sable is much faster. Um, he has a hard time getting on base uh, as it is right now. He's very susceptible to the curveball, as we saw that uh, in, in a pretty key at bat over the weekend. Um, I think it was Saturday, late in the game, and I, I think he's got better defense in the outfield as we saw with a nice bobble catch that he had on opening <laughs> day. That was pretty awesome. I love that. Um, and, and Jock Peterson's not even going to get to that baseball. Yeah, so but, that, I, but I, that is my worry is that we're, we're doing this dance where mm -hmm. in order to get a bat in the game, we're sacrificing the defense. And so we fix that scenario by – making Jock the only left-handed hitting DH. But then I feel like we added that problem back by having Sable on this team and, and on the roster. Now, there's always going to be a spot for a guy if he can hit, right? Like if he was – Right. If, if he's hitting and he's, you know, hitting long ball, he has – you can find room, you can make room, you can sacrifice defense because the offense is just that much – you know, just makes up for it. 
but I don't know. Like he's gotten a couple hits. He he hit that home run in Chicago, which right. is really cool, and we all cheered and we all you know we were really excited. But he's you know he's hitting one eighty five with eleven strikeouts. The only person who has more strikeouts than him, well, it's it's Jock. He and Jock are tied. It's Michael Conforto, but. Michael Conforto also has six walks and three dingers. So that's a difference. Right. And small sample size. I understand this is an opportunity that so early in the season, you can, you can kind of like, you know, mess around with it a little bit, but it just seems like after we had this off season, we had, uh, and we had, you know, giants front office say, look, we understand that defense failed us last year. And the way that we're going to, you know, to get some of these wins back is, is we need to get a little bit better defensively. And so now this is kind of counter argument to what they said in the offseason that they needed to do. So I'm only really using their own words uh, against them, but it does worry me because this is the song and dance we got in last year. And, you know, I, I, I will completely go against myself if, he he's probably not starting tonight because Urias is, is pitching. But if he, he hit the, the and, and probably not for the whole series, I think the Dodgers are throwing right. strictly lefties at us. But so you know, I you know if he comes off the bench and and hits a dong off of a right-handed reliever, I'll, I'll take back what I said. But it's just just this. I I feel like we were dealing with this just last year, and they are put in this predicament again, and now we're juggling this situation because theoretically, again the best usage of a Blake Sable is probably at DH. And then you have him, like you said, as emergency catcher. And there is value in that. You know, there's value in an emergency catcher. There's not value in him as a starting catcher, I don't think. Because I think the right. lack of defense overrides everything at that point. Yeah, I, I totally hear where you're saying. I hear where you're coming from. I, I think his outfield defense is better than we think it is. And I'd like to see more of it. Um the one thing that I think is very valuable about Blake Sable is that the Giants have been able to do more this year, and that is to split catcher duties in the middle of a game. They didn't do that a whole lot last year. You've got a young guy like Sable who's very spry, very athletic. Um, uh, he's a young kid. You, you can say, hey, come in and catch from the seventh inning on, even though you caught like six or seven innings yesterday. He's like, yeah, I could do it. So I think the Giants kind of have the value in that at this point. If you're trying to juggle wins and Bart uh, in a couple of games or, or Perez and, and wins or Perez and Bart, you're trying to you know get Bart six innings and then Perez is going to come in and hit and then now you're going to catch the last three. I think you're going to have a more difficult time because then can you start Perez the next day? I don't know. I don't know as he's getting up there in age. So with a guy like Sable, I think you have that in him where, where you just have that flexibility. You could throw him back there and say, hey, hey catch a couple of innings. He's like, yeah, sure. Um, and he's not getting banged up and hurt uh, yeah. and, you know, and, and kind of out of it the next day. I watch these guys catch like three or four innings and then, and, and, then, and, and then I go, I bend over to pick up like the cat and then, you know, my knees are creaking and everything's hurting. So, so I'm jealous of that, but I think, but I think they can ride this out a little bit more. I don't think he's your typical DH. Um, he needs to get on base more. And that's the bottom line. He, he really needs to show more patience at the plate, lay off the stuff in the dirt. Uh, he needs to get on to show his value. And I think the giants are going to give him another week or two, maybe, 
I don't know, maybe another month to say, what can you do? Because Perez isn't coming back anytime soon. Sanchez needs to get ready. Uh, he's only catching in in uh, uh, Arizona right now in, in just some extended spring spring games. So he hasn't even caught in a minor league game yet. Um, and, of course, we know Patrick Bailey is not here yet, and he's not going to be in. And maybe he will be later this year uh, as the Giants organization loves him. Um, switch hitting catcher. And he calls a great game. He won a gold glove last year in the minor leagues. So that's, that could be your catcher of the future, but you need to bridge that until you get there. Yeah. And I think Sable is that type of guy roster flexibility. I mean, that that's who he is. And that's what Zadie loves. If he can get, uh, I mean, if Zadie can get nine Sables, not, not <laughs> only would the, uh, the fans hate him, but he would love it because he'd have so much roster flexibility. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. So Gary Sanchez in Sacramento. Uh, one for four with two RBI on Saturday. Oh, so he has gotten into the game. Okay. I thought he hadn't in. even gotten into a minor league game yet. Uh, and he struck out twice in that game. And then Sunday over three with a strikeout. So very early okay. in his minor league run here. Uh, before and 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 we'll see we'll see how quickly they act and you know the thing that can make this thing a whole lot better is if uh, one Joey Bart just like gets like six or seven hits in this series and this makes everything easier right just like ah oh, catcher problem solved let's go Joey Joe yeah, we decided Joe. Joe Joe Bart Joe Bart Joe it could be Joseph by the end of this series maybe we'll Joseph see. I kind of like Joseph. Yeah, and so the problem, though, too, is, you know, like you said, the mystery back injury. I want to see what the hacks look like tonight. And he's going to be in the crouch for, you know, seven innings plus if uh, they don't do the old Sable switch. And that's the only thing that makes me nervous. Yesterday when they did that, and they brought, you know, Sable in and, and to catch, and all of a sudden you're like, now you're down to no catchers again. Mm-hmm. You got the catcher behind the plate. He takes one off the mask and needs to come out. You're down to the emergency catcher, who I don't even think we've heard who the emergency catcher is. Bring Pablo back. Uh, well, there you go. <laughs> no, it was uh, it was uh, uh, 
wasn't it Pedro Feliz one year? <laughs> I think he was the emergency. I think he actually caught. He was the emergency catcher, the third catcher after both of our catchers went down. Uh, Pete can Happy you, came in. Pedro Feliz. Can you imagine? You're the emergency catcher. Probably haven't caught a game since high school, and all of a sudden it's like, oh. Here comes Camilo Duval with his 103 oh, mile per hour exploding sinker. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a tough job, man. I but I still want to hear who it is. I'd love to hear who our our emergency catcher is. But that's the only problem when you do the splits. Now you can do that if you've got three catchers and your third catcher is Sable. Then you can then you can absolutely do that and just say we, now we have full roster flexibility. So I think that's why. Um, that's why they haven't quite given up on Sable yet. And the fact that, you know, Gary Sanchez isn't ready and Ricardo Henoves, I don't think is a major league catcher. So I, I don't know if we're going to see him up this year. So yeah, Bailey and Bart, come on. This is what we've been, we've been dreaming of is Bailey yeah. and Bart. Let's do it. I'd love to see it. By the way, isn't, uh, whose production company is called Gary Sanchez productions. Oh, that was, um, I think Will Ferrell was part of that. <laughs> Gary Sanchez and, Productions did uh, and, uh, uh, My Name is Earl. Adam, uh, what, what his former... Adam McKay. Yeah, I don't think they're yeah. partners anymore, though, because... No, of, they're not. They had an amicable split. Oh, are we sure I, it was amicable? That's what I read an article, and it said it was amicable. Um, and then uh, Will Ferrell started his own production company and I think it was Gloria Sanchez. It was called Gloria <laughs> Sanchez Productions. So, <laughs> so that's, okay. that's what he's doing now. Cause here's what I heard about that split. Yeah. He, he desperately wanted the Lakers show. He wanted to play Dr. Jerry bus. Oh, okay. Adam McKay is doing that Lakers show. And Adam McKay picked the other guy from stepbrothers, John, what's his name? Oh, you had told me this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That what wasn't that, in the article. So what is that know. guy's name? Um, John C. Riley. Yes. John yeah. C. Riley is yeah. Dr. Jerry Buss. And the rumor was that Farrell wanted it. And he was so mad that he didn't get it that they just like, and, and maybe it wasn't that he didn't get it, but maybe it was like McKay handled it. It handled the communication poorly or something. And he was frustrated, but that's what I heard as far as why they split and are no longer yeah. the dynamic. I duo. mean, the article alluded to the fact that they're friends still and everything else. So I kind of took it as well. I mean, it, it, it was a, probably some creative differences. You know how that goes. And then mm -hmm. that's part of the creative differences. So, but yeah, Will Ferrell's on, uh, I think it's like an hour and a half interview on fly on the wall. And no, no way. Live. Yeah. It's a live interview. So there's a studio audience that asks questions and everything too, at the end. Really good. It's excellent. You should check it out. I started listening to smart list. So we'll see. Oh, is that so good? That's yeah. a very good one. Cause I, I, uh, I subscribed to the Wondery app because there was some true yeah. crime podcast that I wanted to listen or I was listening to, but I was sick of the commercials when I was driving home from Tucson a few weeks ago. And so I was like, God, these are all Wondery shows. I'm just going to get the app. And it's so affordable per month to have not have the, the commercials. And then Smartless oh, yeah. is a Wondery show. So I get to hear Smartless without any commercials, too. 
Yeah, the other one that I picked up on recently is called Rates and Barrels. Um, and that one, uh, I shouldn't be telling you this, though. It's <laughs> very fantasy baseball related. And, I, and we're in the same league. And I need to beat you. So we're, I, I mean, we're really both kind you. of like, you know, early in the season, we're both right around the same spot. I think I moved up yeah. to like fourth or something today. Yeah, we're, we're middling teams. We're just kind of hanging out. But it's called Rates and Barrels, and it's an athletic podcast. So it's Eno Sarah. Derek Van Riper, uh, Chris Welsh, and Al Melchior, uh, and it's really good. It's it's very entertaining. So it 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 is my Sunday morning uh, podcast when I'm playing the show. Oh, there you go. I will put that on, and then I'll start I'll start adding players to my watch list. <laughs> check this guy out and this guy. So uh, I haven't pulled the trigger on any of the players yet, but they haven't mentioned, they have mentioned a couple that I already had on my watch list. So uh, maybe I'm smarter at fantasy baseball than I think I am. Oh, wow. No problem. I don't think so. No, <laughs> Bro, no, I have one in years, man. It's been like seven years. <laughs> it's hard, especially the it's rotisserie very... way that we play. It's really hard. Sure. All right, let's get to the player of the week. I know you had three options as per usual, and I was actually yes, surprised sir. who won. I won't spoil it. I'll let you, I'll let you talk about it, but it was the person who I picked in, in my vote. So. Oh, okay. Well, I picked the loser. So there you go. <laughs> uh, coming in third of our three picks this week, J.D. Davis had a pretty big week, and he's starting to swing the bat really well, playing some good defense at third base. Uh, he had a 493 Woba, 389 average, two home runs, six ribs, and five runs scored. That that gets you a pretty good Woba. When you're scoring runs and you're driving in runs uh, and you're getting on base, um, Woba is weighted on base average and, and it kind of uh, how you create runs is what Woba is. And so he had a 493 Woba, which is fantastic, but he came in third, didn't even get a vote. Um, so that tells you how good of a week it was for the other players coming in second. My vote went to Michael Conforto. I thought he was going to walk away with it. I thought he was going to win too. Yeah, he had the game winner yesterday, uh, Sunday, the game-winning home run. Uh, so Conforto also had a 493 Woba, three home runs, six ribs, seven runs, and for good measure, he threw in a stolen base. Uh, but that wasn't enough to push him over the edge because the winner this week of our player of the week is Desclafani, Anthony Desclafani, 12 and a third innings. He had uh, six hits, one Ernie, no walks in 12 and a third innings, not one single walk, 11 strikeouts, and a 1.61 FIP. Uh, just outstanding this week. Um, and that's who you voted for. Yes, that's who I picked. Okay. Yeah, I went with Conforto because I thought, hey, new guy, game-winning home run. Uh, I love Desclafani, but, you know, um, I, I wanted to see an offensive guy get it this week. But I, I don't know. Hopefully we get more more performances this season like we did out of Desclafani with a two-start week where he's yeah. racking up many strikeouts and not walking anybody. We, we really need that out of our pitchers. And um, a guy like Stripling, we got to keep the ball in the yard, man. <laughs> Let We're going to talk about the Stripling thing in a second yeah. because I thought you had, you had some really good feedback. As the game – like you kind of – predicted what was going to happen before it happened in that terrible, terrible game on Saturday. It's awful. Uh, but before the reason why I picked Desclafani, you know, I think rightfully so we were tough on him last year. 
He signs yeah. the three-year deal, and then right off the bat, not good. He has the ankle issue, and then he, like, missed most of the season. So it's just like, what do we got with this guy? And I told you last week that I thought when it came to Manea and Stripling that I thought they were just Desclafani insurance, and, and as it turns out, Desclafani is – pitching better than Logan Webb at this point. He's kind of the one yeah. who, who's showing out. And we'll see with Logan Webb tonight. He has, you know, he he he's up for big games and he pitched probably his biggest game of his career in that game 1 against the uh, the Dodgers in that that uh that five was it five gamer or three gamer? What was that? Um it ended yeah, it ended up going all five. Yeah, yeah five gamer. 2-2 two, two and yeah, 2-2 two, two, and then we got uh that Really, really crappy game five. <laughs> uh, and Webb, you know, Webb is a, I think he considers himself a big game pitcher. So he's got some stuff to figure out because uh, the White Sox in his second start, they just kind of sat on everything and just went opposite field. And, and you know, he wasn't really missing as many bats as he was the, the start before. But then Desclafani comes in and they really needed that game yesterday. He came in, you know, Manea threw what did Manea throw six innings or something like that on on Saturday and then the idea was six. that it was going to be a Manea and Stripling game and I think once Manea goes six you go okay we got the lead Stripling's not really a reliever let's let's just go to the bullpen like a normal bullpen and let's go Rogers Rogers Duvall and let's get out of here and they didn't do that they brought Stripling in. And you were you were typing this in our Discord as it was happening, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And so, why don't you give your thoughts on that whole scenario as it happened? Because you were you were so frustrated to the point of you were like, it, "Kapler needs to like talk to the press about like they need to be able to grill yeah. him." Because and as we remember, maybe the the biggest criticism of Kapler before he came to the Giants was that he didn't really have a good grasp of the bullpen in Philadelphia. So sometimes this comes back to bite him a little bit with the Giants. It's happened a couple of times over the last few years. But, you know, right in the beginning of the season, kind of a mishandle there. And I know that he would probably say, oh, it's long. You know, this is what he said to Tim Kyle Kami, right? Long season, one game or two games. You know, we need more than that. You know, it really doesn't matter. But, dude, for your fan base at home, Opening day, opening home series, home homestand, you lose the first game and just like just kind of ho hum fashion, and you're winning this game and you just give it away at the end. Like that was frustrating for you know the Giants to to come home and and have to deal with that. At least the fans. Thankfully, they got yesterday's game, which is why you know Desclafani yeah. and Conforto were the the right guys to for, for the Player of the Week because they saved us from go from getting swept by the Royals, but. Go ahead. Talk, talk about your the situation. Yeah, and and I've seen people have been light on uh, Kapler because it's early in the season, and I've seen people be really tough on Kapler. And it, it, I think it was just one of those situations where I'm watching the game, and I see, and the frustration is building as I'm as I'm seeing Stripling come back out for the eighth, gives up a single, gives up another single. They show the bullpen. You could see. Pitchers warming up, and I thought, well, okay, here we're gonna go, we're gonna go to the bullpen. But Andrew Bailey walks out, and I go, oh, okay. So maybe they're just stalling a little bit. He's gonna go back, <laughs> and then 
Kapler's going to call time and come out or they're, you know, Oh, Stripling's elbow is uh, kind of weird. Something's going on with his hand. They're going to play it up a little bit, you know, make the pitching. Ch- no, no. He stays into face. Salvi Perez. And everybody's kind of beating this to death also that, you know, you, you pitch Salvi Perez up. That's what Bumgarner did in the 2014 World Series. Well, I mean, here, here we are, what, nine years later. <laughs> so I think, I think Perez, he's not the exact same hitter as he was nine years ago. Um, but, you know, and then Stripling throws him a fastball. To be fair, as time has passed on, I, I've lightened up on Stripling a little bit. It's mm-hmm. not, I don't think it's Stripling's fault. I don't. I really put all this on Kapler because at this point, the pitching change should have been made. Sure. But the pitch to Salvi was a good two or three inches below the strike zone, and Perez just barrels on it and takes the thing out of the yard. He's a strong man. He's yeah. a strong man. So he's going to, he's going to take a pitch like that and put it out of the ballpark or put it somewhere in the gap. Um, I wanted to hear from Kapler after the game. So I kept the post game show on um, uh, NBC sports Bay area way longer than I normally do. And I'm watching interviews with Manea. And then I'm watching interviews with Sable. Then I'm watching interviews with I'm watching interviews with everybody <laughs> but Kapler. Finally, I turned the damn thing off because I was like, if if Kapler's not going to talk, I'm just going to read about it later. Yeah. Finally, I I went searching for it. Finally, I heard a clip of him today, and he said, going into it, we had a you know a, a piggyback situation where we needed to get Stripling work. Um, you know, and, and in situations like that, we felt he was the right person in that position because of his changeup. Uh, we thought he could take uh, Salvador Perez down. Of course, he never said, if I had to do it again, I would do this. You know, you're not going to second guess yourself, especially Kapler. Yep. Kapler chooses his words very, very well. Yes. Um, but in a situation like that, I, as a fan, want to throw the analytics out the window. Uh, first, I want to burn them. <laughs> then I want to pee on them. Then I want to throw them out the window because I'm done with the analytics at that point. I'm saying Stripling doesn't have it. He just gave up two singles. He's a starter. He has starter mentality. He doesn't have the, I'm going to shut this thing down, eighth inning, two outs mentality. That's not who he is. That's not the type of pitcher he is. He was not brought up that way. He was not brought through the majors that way. Um, You have guys in the bullpen who can do that. Brebbia ends up coming in after the home run. Brebbia, I guarantee you, was probably ready. Yes, he pitched the day before, but he's ready. You brought him in. So that tells me he's ready to go. But also, you got to look at the fact, too, that the next inning, bottom of the eighth, the Giants load the bases with nobody out. I know. And they don't get a run home. How, how a, terrible. Tie ball game. So uh, there was just so much that went wrong with that game. Um, I'm going to write it off because, and if, and if we didn't win yesterday, it would be much, much harder to write off. But I'm writing it off as a perfect storm type of game. So many things went wrong. I rubber stamped it with a 2022 as soon as that game was over. I, I was so sick of it. I didn't want to see 2022 anymore, but I stamped that. And I said, this is a 2022 game. I don't want to see it anymore. It's one of those games that got away. You could easily say this is not the Giants of 2023. This is not who they are. But six, seven, eight, 
10 weeks down the line from now, if you can look back at that game and say, yeah, that is the Giants, then we have a problem. Yeah. If you, if you can look back 10 weeks from now and say, yeah, that definitely wasn't us, total fluke game, game that got away, loss that shouldn't happen, stuff like that has not happened since, we're going to be in fine shape. So I think you know, it's going to take time to get over that loss. I know it's early in the season, but I, that one stung, man, because I think it was 2020 um, where we saw probably seven or eight games that got away from us early in the season. And we thought, man, if it wasn't for those games, the Giants would have been in the playoffs in that weird expanded playoff yeah. year. Um, 60 game you know, same, season. Yeah. And same as last year too. They had a hard time shutting the door. Um, but this wasn't a hard time shutting the door because of the talent you have. This was a hard time shutting the door because of a managerial decision based on analytics and getting a guy work It's not spring training anymore. Yeah. We're, we're in the season. It is time to make those decisions as, as if it's, you know, September 30th and you're fighting for that last spot. Every game counts. Every game counts. You know, his answer made me think a little bit about just the idea that they have so many starting pitchers. And I know that they are seeing the season as, as they should, as a, as a long journey, as a marathon. It is not a sprint. Right. But at the same time, after last season and after 2021, where they were, you know, the best record in all of baseball, you kind of think like, how, how do you explain to your fans? And this is not something the Giants really ever had to worry about because they always had a draw. You know, ever since Oracle Park opened when it was uh, AT and T, they had Barry Bonds, and then they had Tim Lincecum, and then they had Buster Posey, and so all the way up until just last year. They've always had a draw where you could say, that's who I want to go see play baseball because that guy is amazing. And yeah. they don't they haven't had that for two years in a row. And so I think some of the lack of patience of like this, you know, long journey of a season, I think some of it just boils down to you don't that like this team doesn't have as much grace as they once did because they don't have that superstar who Fans just can't wait to go see at the ballpark. And some of that is, you know, I think you should want to see Brandon Crawford, especially if this is his last season. So you, you should have some of that there. Maybe Logan Webb does become that. But I, th I think overall, just Giants fans just have a little bit less patience. And some of that could also be, you know, 2014 just paid off so long and maybe it just ended. Maybe that patience with the, you know, the benefit of the doubt for Giants fans just kind of ended. You're like, okay, it's been like you said, nine years. And I was like, holy crap, nine years. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe that's just like the limit, right? Maybe Giants fans, you know, did were, were good for seven years. And then it's like, nope, not good anymore. We need to get back and win another title because that's what you yeah. expect when you're in a market like this and you have the payroll that they, that they do. So it's going to be something that is going to be interesting to follow because, you know, I'm, I'm also following attendance numbers. I know they had a 35,000 yeah. yesterday, which is a good number, but it's not the 41 of a sellout number. Uh, right. So that's something that I think we'll also look at just when it comes to how 
happy is, is the general fan base with this team. But but that's how you do it too. You do it by ma- not making bad decisions. And look at the Giants. Look at the Giants in 2010, 2012, um, w- when you had um, you know a, a nice shutdown bullpen. You had Affelt. Um, you had Lopez. I mean, it, it's just you. You had. You just had. You didn't have and Romo, and you didn't have. They weren't big names, but they were Giants fan. You know, Giants fans' favorites, and you can do that by bringing in Brebia and shutting down a game, and 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 then you go to, you know, at that point, because then at that point too, you're looking at if Brebia would have come in and gotten the out with Salvador Perez, then you're looking at some lefties coming up. Well, oh, great. Hey, hey, it's it's Taylor Rogers time. Taylor Rogers comes in for a save. So I'm sitting there watching this game, managing the bullpen in my head and thinking, oh, these are obvious moves. These are great moves. This is a, a matchup, heavy, analytic move. This is what we're going to do. We didn't do it, which baffled me because it was almost like anti-analytic. It, it was just like we had a plan at the beginning of this game of who was going to pitch. No, you do that in February. You do that in March. You don't do that in April in a game that counts, especially when you lost your home opener the day before. You got the crowd chomping at the bit. You got a 5-2 lead. I was thinking probably around the seventh inning, I go, oh, this is good. You know, We have a great bullpen. I thought going into the season, our, bull, our bullpen was the strength. Well, put it on a pedestal. Put it on display. Put it on, uh, on showcase. Show everybody. Show your fans. We got a killer bullpen. So – if we get a 5-2 lead and we're in the sixth inning, be ready, man, because this is going to be fun. We're just going to come out and strike people out and not give up home runs. Maybe a base runner here and there. We're going to play some decent defense, and we're going to get out of here with the W. Um, but uh, I think you got to show the fans that early, not that uh, you have a you have a spreadsheet that says, uh, you know, Stripling's going to get two innings in because he needs X amount of pitches today. Uh <laughs> do do that on his start day. Yeah, you know, do that from the first inning on, not in the eighth inning in a tight ball game. So do that. Do I, that I in just, a game where we're losing eleven to one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. If you want to get Stripling some innings, well, if you're down ten to two, bring him on in. I let him throw five. I really don't care. So, yeah. All right, let's quickly get to uh, our drink, and I'm gonna go first because I screwed yeah. up. Uh oh. I was telling you how I had bought the. How do you oh, pronounce yeah. it again? Lagavulin. Lagavulin. I purchased some, uh, and it, it it came, and I had a little bit of it, and I was like, wow, this is heated, man. Like, yeah. I'm going to be sweating, you know, if I sip this during a podcast. <laughs> and maybe it's good that I screwed up because it's actually the hottest day of the spring so far in the Bay Area. Yeah. But at, so I pull, I pull out the scotch, and I'm pouring it, and I realize – that I poured the Glen Livet on accident. And so I was like, okay, do I have time to like get the, the, <laughs> the little funnel thing and pour it back in? And I looked at the clock. I was like, no, I don't have enough time. Oh, and he no. sent Brad the link. And so then I was like, you know what? I'll just save it for next week. I'll drink the, the Glen Livet because the Glen Livet is delicious. Oh yeah, but, but I wanted I, I specifically wanted to drink the Lagavulin tonight for tonight's show. So, uh, good good stuff in my in my yeah. little uh, whiskey glass here. So I'm uh, very much well, enjoying it. Let, let's do this. Let's let's plan a let's plan a show where we both have the Lagavulin. 
Because okay. I do put a, I put a tiny ice cube in it myself. Okay. Because so I like, I'll, to, I'll, I like that too. Yeah, I like to open it up a little bit okay. because then your first sip is different than your last sip. Sure. I kind of like that. I, sure. I like that in a drink. So, all right, next um, week, next week I'll have mine ready. Next week, let's do it. Okay. So I, so we went on a road trip. We did Disneyland twice, and and anytime we're down in that area, there's a, uh, there's a gas station in Bishop, California, called. And it has a, uh, I can't remember the name of the gas station, but it has an attached mini mart called Giggle Springs. <laughs> so we, I always stop at this place because they always have the best beer. Mammoth Brewing Company is not too far away. And we don't get, we get some Mammoth Brewing up here, but not all of their stuff. So last time we were down there, I got the Hop Spill Hazy. Uh, it is a hazy IPA. Very tasty. Working on it here. Um very uh fruity with the hops in it uh i don't know what kind of hops are in here um of course they don't tell you usually you know mammoth does a good job of using actually some wild hops Mm -hmm. uh which is kind of cool because there are some wild hops that grow near the mammoth area so uh that's probably what they used in this because it doesn't say the hop variety but uh hop spill hazy mammoth brewing company it is a w in my book and i've got uh, two of them left after that. i bought a four pack so i only have two left so i'm savory all right all right let's wrap up the show here and let's go over a little bit of giants dodgers before we get off the show the the stats for the Dodgers, five and five, like I mentioned, five and five. They were something like a, a plus 30 or something. They were like the second highest runs scored net versus run again runs against. Only to the to the Rays. You saw the Rays are just nut going nuts they, right now. They won again tonight, one nothing. They didn't they didn't win an eleven nothing ball game. They finally won one nothing. But in these last few games for the Dodgers, they've they've become a I believe they're a plus fifteen or a plus sixteen or something like that. So they, they, that that terrific plus minus to start the season has uh, has dropped a little bit for them. But uh, you know, still to me, still one of the the best lineups in baseball. Uh, Freddie Freeman still hitting the cover off the ball, not as much power as usual. But he's hitting 421 with the 511 on base. Uh, JD Martinez, what a fantastic right-handed DH there for for that team. He's hitting. Uh, he's not hitting with power quite yet, but uh, he's you know he he's getting hits. He's second on the team in hits. Will Smith uh, has three jacks, as does James Outman. And Jason Hayward, who knew Jason Hayward was even on this team? Yeah, they have revived him. They couldn't revive Joey Gallo, but they could revive Jason Hayward, man. And and Jason Hayward uh, has only had 13 official at-bats and three jacks. And also Trace Thompson, Clay Thompson's little brother, had a three-homer game. So in 15 at-bats, he's got three jacks as well. So they're, they're hitting the ball out of the ballpark. Mookie Betts hasn't really sparked up too much yet. Uh, like I said earlier, you know, with, with Lux out and like you said, you know, trade, trade Turner left. Uh, so, you know, they're playing some different guys. You got, you have Chris Taylor, uh, at short, uh, Miguel Rojas is at short, uh, Miguel Vargas is playing second base. So they're, so they're having to, 
you know, they're having to move some folks around. I don't know who's in their farm system as far as who could possibly uh, come up or, or maybe they have, you know, some sort of uh, they have some sort of uh, trade uh, uh, coming up or something. But, you know, they're always going to have guys. They, they just have a deep farm system. They always have really good players on their team. So I would imagine that they're going to figure that piece of it out sooner than later. Uh, but hey, you know, uh, maybe uh, Jose Viscaino can still play some ball. You know, hey, maybe you they go. can bring yeah. back the Lionel DeShield, some of those old uh, guys. No, those guys are <laughs> walkers. They're in walkers, man. Uh, but well, here, here's so here's the here's the rotation for for both teams uh, for the the series. So today we mentioned Logan Webb, who's uh, struggled out of the gate. Uh, would be nice for him, and it, it's a it's a great home uh home start for him uh he faces uh Urias and then on Tuesday it is Dustin May so they do get one righty against uh Alex Wood always up to no good and then on Wednesday night you have Kershaw against Cobb and you know the Giants were starting to get to Kershaw a little bit these last couple years he's not as much of a Giants killer as he was that might be Urias at this point but uh, I think fav- pretty f- decent pitching matchups for them, but I think tonight is the big one. If you can win game one, that kind of sets the tone, especially behind your best pitcher and then beating their best pitcher. I think yeah. that is uh, that is big time for them. And you know, I'm like like you know you said I'm not I, I don't know if I'm quite nervous, but I'm I got a little bit of excitement going on, and we're you know we're. 20 minutes away from first pitch or whatever. So any quick yeah. thoughts about this series before we get out of here? Yeah, just a real fast uh, a prediction, just a tiny prediction. Wednesday night, Elio Ramos gets his first career home run off of Kershaw. That'd be nice. Put who, did, uh, who, did they, who did they send down in order to bring him up? Um, do, 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 do. You know what? I don't remember the move that was made in that situation. Uh, it wasn't Bryce Johnson because he was motoring no, no. yesterday. No, and Bryce Johnson's playing tonight. Uh, both Ramos and Johnson are playing again tonight. Um, I don't remember the actual move that was made. I'll see if I can find it before we get out. Okay, if you can find it. Yeah, I. Um, it's going to be an interesting series. The Dodgers so far are leading the majors in walk percentage. Oh, it was, it, was your be- it was your best friend, Matt Beatty. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. That's and right. because he did still have an option. So, yeah. And for Giants fans, they did put uh, Darren Ruff back in the minors, sign him to a minor league contract. Yes. So, we, we officially right. won that trade big time. I love. I like that. I like that move because it's a, I think we won that trade like a week into it Um, or maybe even like five days into it. Uh, But I do like that move. I like, I like rough being back. He's, he's kind of a fan favorite. Another one, if you ever get a chance to watch interviews with him, such a nice guy, just such a cool dude. Um, But yeah, the Dodgers are leading the majors and walk percentage at 14.9%, almost 15%. Uh, They, they really need, that's the thing with the Dodgers. You've got to keep them off the base paths because if you make a mistake by giving up a single and then a walk all of a sudden you go into home run hitters and, and then you have issues because again slugging percentage they're second in the majors in slugging percentage already at 503 um 
the one thing the Gi- Giants are beating them in uh, so far, leading them, should I say, in batting average and BABIP. So the Giants are actually getting more knocks, um, getting more expected hits uh, or, or, or balls in play that should be hits. Um, but the Dodgers are way up there in on-base percentage and slugging. So, And that's the thing is the Giants want to be that team they they tried to build that team to be the on-base percentage slugging gods and, yeah. and they're doing an okay job of that so far but then again like we talked about earlier you get players like blake sable who has one walk so far this yeah. season you, you got to get on base you just you've got to get on base for the hitters you know the big boppers to drive you in and and missing hanniger right now another potential 30 home run guy that that hurts um and Joey Bart needs to step it up. We know that. I mean, I, I've broken record. I, I could say that every week. Joey Bart needs to step up. Um, J- Joe Bart, sorry. Joe, yeah, it's Joe, Joe Bart. Bart. It's Joe Bart this week. Yeah, if he if he, if he hits a yeah. cut, you know, maybe we'll give him the the why back if he like I said he <laughs> he gets you know he gets five hits this series. Then yeah. he may, maybe he gets the Joey back. Until call then, him whatever he wants. Yeah. 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 If he hits a couple of home runs, we'll start calling him MVP. Yeah. I don't really care. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll throw it out there. Um, but yeah, so that's, I mean, that's really what this series is all about. Limiting the Dodgers slugging, limiting the Dodgers on base percentage. If you can keep those two things down, the giants are going to compete in this series. Uh, they probably, I, I say they probably take two out of three. Tonight's going to be a tough matchup. I think the next two nights they can win those ball games. But Urias, that's a that's a really tough matchup. Webb, I mean, it's going to be a pitching duel. Um, but I can see. I mean, although the Giants did tap him around in the playoffs that one year, so yeah. they, they can definitely get to him, uh, especially right-handed, heavy hitting lineup. But yeah, his slider. His changeup, everything's just so nasty out of that guy's hand. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be a fun series. I'm ready. Ooh, they I'm only ready. have uh, they have three left-handed hitters in the lineup tonight. Yaz is hitting third. Crawford is hitting five, and then a Johnson is hitting last. And that's all uh, defensive purposes. Actually, right Crawford, hit, those Crawford hitting sixth. Actually, not fair. okay. And you you got to keep all those guys in the lineup because you need the defense. You can't yeah. you can't sacrifice you know, three of your defensive players just get some right-handed bats in there. So, yeah. One, one thing I wanted to mention based off of your thoughts, your discussion or what you were talking about when it came to being on base, Lamont Wade Jr., who has hit leadoff for a good, decent amount of the season, leads the team in walks. That's pretty good. There you go. He's just yeah. taking hey. that mentality and, he, and he's taking it to the plate. He, You know, he's not hitting the cover off of the ball, but – he has a, a 471 on base, so he has uh, six hits and seven walks and only seven strikeouts. Yeah, he needs to get, you know he he get the hit the ball up in the air a little bit more. I think they're yeah. going to need some power from him. But uh, yeah, nice little start as far as the walks and Conforto kind of fits into to uh, what they do, which is walks strikeouts and home runs <laughs> leads the yeah. team in strikeouts uh also second on the team in walks and first on the team in home runs and second on the team in runs batted in so he kind of fits right in with what they do uh tyro has the most hits on the team so far with 12 and the 
highest batting average for a regular with JD Davis second nice. in, in batting average there. So some yeah, early those... stats that don't really mean a whole lot, but uh, you know, kind of fun to look at early in the it season. It tells you who's hot early in the season, which is good. And Lamont Wade Jr. is playing some decent defense at first base. He did Buckner one ball. That was kind of tough to watch. But, <laughs> uh, I mean, just right through the wickets. It was <laughs> tough, but you know. All right, we're done here. Go Giants. We hate the Dodgers. Bait LA or beat LA, depending on how <laughs> you spell LA it. Bait LA indeed. Yes. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week uh on uh on monday because i do i'm on my way to disneyland uh oh that's right taken after you uh, on tuesday so monday will be the last time i'm home for for the week but uh yeah well so we'll be back and you know we'll have our our scotch with the one ice cube in it to and and we'll have a little have have a little scotch off for the uh what are we drinking segment all right and i'll I'll also give you on monday i'm going to give i'm going to give the show and you my top five disneyland tips okay perfect. they'll be fast but i'll give you five my we, top we, five we better disneyland write that tips. in our rundown so we don't forget absolutely yes. okay <laughs> for brad i am double g we will see you when we see you peace out peace when you drive the most dependable mass market brand you can stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible Visit your local Kia dealer today to see yourself behind the wheel of the number one most dependable mass market brand three years in a row by J.D. Power. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Kia received the fewest reported problems among mass market brands in the J.D. Power 2021 to 2023 U.S. Vehicle Dependability Studies. 2023 study based on 2020 models. See jdpower.com slash awards for 2023 details. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.